You are listening to the Abundant Parent Podcast, helping you heal your dialogue with yourself, empower your kids, and create abundance in your life. In this episode, I welcome an expert guest from one of my earliest monthly workshops. Hey, Abundant Parents, it is Leah. Thank you so much for checking in on the workshop today. We have Tatiana with Mala Made with Love. We're going to be talking about the power stones and then the really great art of making mala and incorporating that art of mala and meditation and then the amazing power of stones. Tatiana, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to to love mala? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually had a friend tie me a mala once upon a time and I was super, super attracted to it. And I really wanted to learn how to tie my own mala. So there's this really awesome little shop in Denver called Tibet Imports. It's been um, there forever, hasn't it? It's been there yeah. for a really long time. Yeah. I think she's been open for maybe 10 years at least. I believe it. Yeah. Maybe longer. But I was driving by one day and I just felt like I needed to stop my car, get out, get my birth chart read, which you should get your birth chart read. If you <laughs> haven't gotten your birth chart read before, you need to know the day, the time, um, and the location of where you were born. Basically, like she just puts in those coordinates or put, puts in that information and then just like reads the stars where you were born. So based on the, all that information, you get to tie a mala or you can even buy a mala based on that's really that. cool. So yeah. I've had my chart read, but I didn't get a mala. I kind of feel cheated now. I can make but, a mala. <laughs> yeah. But I did learn that I'm from having my chart read that I'm like an earth mother and that I'm mm-hmm. really in tune with like natural elements and stones. So it would make sense now that I'm doing all of these workshops and then I have to talk here. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So that was back in March of 2015. And Sarita actually talked to me about going to Nepal with her. And Sarita um, later on that, owns the shop. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Uh, later on that year, and so I went to Nepal and I learned more about energy and like spirituality, and I got like really in tune with myself. And I tied malas to help fund my trip to go to Nepal, and I just kind of stuck with it. And that's pretty it. amazing. Do you remember mm-hmm. how many malas you had to tie to fund it? Because that's it was not an inexpensive. No, it was, a, it was a pretty big trip. Um, I tied a bunch of malas and then I also got help from my family and friends too. That's actually how Tatiana and I connected is we both had this, this, um, similar experience, but I had been to Tibet, she had been to Nepal and it was just kind of like this unspoken bond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe you could tell us a little brief history of mala because it's totally. actually very ancient. Yeah. Art, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it totally is. Mm-hmm. Actually is the original rosary. Malas came into existence back in like the 8th century BC wow. um, by the seers of India mm-hmm. who started counting stones, 108 stones, to help during like med- meditation and get this sense of like peace and understanding mm-hmm. and guidance. So mala means garland and then mm-hmm. Japa, which is the original mala, means repetition. So it's like repeating 108 times, repeating a breath or repeating a mantra. And there is something about like repeating breath and repeating phrases that just kind of causes you to slow down and to get your mind out of all of that chatter. Yeah, right. totally. I know that in common days, people, you know, if they're Catholic, they still do use rosaries and repeating the prayers. And um, it's just really interesting how all religions you'll find overlapping similarities. Now tell us a little bit about why malas, like what malas actually really do. Like we talked a little bit about the meditative 
aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But what do malas do? Well, yeah. So they do, they get you back to your breath. Just like wearing a mala will help you stay connected to like your meditation or mm-hmm. your mantras. It helps you fidget less and helps you with fewer distractions. Or- or productively fidget. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and then like simply just like me wearing my mala, I just feel like this sense of calmness or mm. peace. Well, and because they're made out of stones, they're a little bit heavy. So there's mm-hmm. a little bit of that, that feeling like you're aware that it's on. It's like a reminder and it feels those cold stones mm-hmm. feel really good. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And they actually warm up like up against your body. Mm-hmm. All stones have like different vibrations to them. The stones that speak to you will actually like warm up on your body or kind of give you like this feeling like these goosebumps. That's almost, cool. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So on a mala, there's all different, you know, like on our bodies, we have our arms, our legs, our torsos. There's also like a physiology to malas. Mm-hmm. So could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So there are 108 stones. There are different um, beliefs behind the 108 stones. So in Vedic culture, 108 is the number of existence. In Islamic culture, 108 is the number for God. In yogic tradition, there are 108 sacred texts, hmm. um, 108 sacred sites of your body. Also, there are 108 energy lines that converge to create your heart chakra. And so your heart chakra helps bring together your lower three chakras and your upper three chakras. So all of those 108 lines form your, your I heart chakra. I feel like I need to change my favorite number from three to 108. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty awesome that it's in so many traditions. Yeah. Same number. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of cool too, because the sun's diameter is 108 times that of the earth's diameter. Ooh. And, and they didn't know that no. until well after they'd been making um, mullahs for hashtag mathematics and yeah. science. <laughs> um, and then also the distance from the sun to the earth is 108 times the earth's diameter. So 108 diameters of the earth create the distance from the earth to the sun. I got a little too spoopy. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. You may talk about this more when you're making the mala, but I noticed in a lot of malas, there's either like a charm or a tassel Mm -hmm. or like some kind of center piece. Is there a purpose for that or? Yeah. So this little stone down here, this is called the guru bead. Um, and people refer to this as like God or the divine or source energy, Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever you believe in the tassel represents the roots of the lotus flower. How they go in. Uh Mm -hmm. And then each knot in between the stones, those represent the like spaces in the universe. I also find it interesting that like when you have like really, really old strands of pearls, they're actually hand tied in between Mm -hmm. all of the stones as well. Are the hand tying of the knots in between, does that protect the stones? Is there a reason that they do that? You know, I'm not quite sure why they do it. I know I've seen some malas that don't have the knots. Mm -hmm. I can see where if like the strand breaks, they would all just like spill out all over the world. Totally, (laughs) totally. So if this strand breaks, only like one or two will fall off. Right. But it's actually good luck if your mala breaks. Oh, it is. Because mm-hmm. it means you've been wearing it and using it? It means that you've worked through your, your karma or through whatever so you needed cool. to work through. Yeah. I hope my mala breaks. I know, me too. I'm like, <laughs> this is like my oldest mala and you can see how dirty it is, but I love it. Yeah. And it hasn't broken yet, but maybe someday it will. Maybe someday I'll be so lucky. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to show us? how to make a mala. Totally. I'm going to do my best to bring my computer and like pour it down over the top so you guys can see what she's doing. But we're also going to do a little mini recording demonstration later after we're done with the workshop. And I'll post it in the group just so you can see with a little bit better quality of my phone camera, really what she's doing with her fingers as she's tying the mala. Wish me luck. Let's see if we can do this. I'm going to kind of explain it a little bit. 
So before I tie a mala, I'll put all of the stones onto the string. So you're actually putting all of the stones on the string first? Yes, okay. totally. It takes a little bit less time than putting one stone on and then tying it. Mm -hmm. I've already started the first 10. So you can see here how there are knots in between each one. You put the, the stone right up against the knot, and then you're going to wrap the, the thread around your hand. You're going to pull the entire mala through. Um, I like to use a flat surface, sometimes with um, a cloth or something, so they don't roll around everywhere. Um, and then, so you have this little this little loop. So you're going to pull this loop all the way to the knot or to the stone, and you have this little tiny knot here. And then this one thread becomes two. You're going to open it up. You're going to pull it tight. And then I like to give a little tug just so the mala lays flat. If the stones are too, or if the knots are too close to the stones, um, it'll give it this like kinked. So I did it right here. So you um, actually want the stones to be able to slide back yeah, just a smidge a little in between bit. the knots? Yeah, and over time it will loosen up too. So if you have a mala that is kind of kinked in some areas, it's fine. Like mm -hmm. the, the knots will loosen up. Um, and then you just go through and you do that 108 times. It almost seems really meditative just creating the mala, not just using the mala. Totally. This is actually how I meditate. I like to put meditations on, like guided meditations on. I'll put music that inspires me on while I'm tying a mala. Um, and I'll, you know, I like to tie them in places like the park or, you know, different places that inspire me, bring me good energy. Cool. And I only like to tie, ma tie malas when I'm in a good mood uh -huh. or have good energy. So I'm going to put this down yeah. just because I'm, I'm getting an arm cramp. Totally. <laughs> so I have to ask, do you ever tie your mala while you are watching TV? Nope. Or do you feel like that really changes the... No, that takes away from the energy that you're putting into mala. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that is how you make the mala. Like I said, I will do another little close-up video of it right after this and I'll post it in the group. So if any of you really want to see up close how she's tying it and, and splitting the string to get the knots really tight. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully we'll be able to show you that a little bit better with the proper equipment instead of here on the workshop format. Yeah. And I do do workshops. Um, so if you're local in Denver, um, I do like to hold workshops. Mm -hmm. I'm also going to start doing online workshops that are going to be a little bit cheaper. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So now can you talk to us a little bit about the actual power of the stones. You were going to talk about chakras a little mm -hmm. bit while we were on this topic. So like I said before, all stones have different vibrations, just as you know, we, everything in life has different mm -hmm. vibrations. Mm -hmm. So to choose um, stones, I like to just pick them up and see how they feel, you know, just close your eyes and, and see like what, what, how they make you feel mm -hmm. inside. Kids, like they'll pick up stones. They'll, they're like immediately drawn yeah. to certain stones. It's crazy. And we were just talking earlier. I take my kids up to a shop that has uh, kind of like a, a carousel where there's drawers on all sides of it. And it's just filled with all sorts of different stones. And my kids open all of the drawers, all I of them. open all the drawers too. And they just kind of like, they massage the stones. And then sometimes they'll lay them all out and they'll walk around the shop and they'll, they'll just keep kind of going back and forth and kind of playing like this. I, I don't know how to explain it, but like there's this constant shuffle that goes on before they settle on their final yeah. rock. And then they just want to hold that rock for like weeks after mm -hmm. they brought it home. And I think kids are really open to that, that yeah. energy and, and totally. slowing down and yeah. meditating and it helps mm -hmm. adults kind of resonate yeah. with that too. Yeah. That's actually my process for, um, 
deciding what stones to use for a mala for mm-hmm. somebody. So if somebody will come to me and they'll be like, I want, you know, peace and strength and healing. Like stones have different or are used for different things. So like rose quartz, for example, um, it's a stone of love and compassion mm-hmm. and balance. And this is actually um, a rose quartz that was my mommy's. And I don't know if you'll be able to see it a little bit better if I do it there. So they like, this one looks like it's just a polished natural stone where this one would have been cut a little bit more possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but stones come in all shapes and sizes. I know I really love holding this one, but sometimes kids can really resonate with stones that are like softer and rounder. This is my boyfriend and I, we do gratitudes before we go to bed every night. And this is a really great practice to get in with your children too. Um, just having them hold the stones mm-hmm. and say things that they're grateful for. Um, and that way, like the good energy gets absorbed into the rock as well. And we do that too. I do a lot of talks about the law of attraction and part of what makes the law of attraction so powerful is that appreciating what you already have and doing gratitude at night is great too, because it's really setting your intention for the next day. You're so grateful for all of those little and big things that happen in that day. And yeah. And I think stones are a great way to bring that in. Totally. Totally. And then you just leave it right by their bed, Mm -hmm. you know, or underneath their pillow is a really good place too. So my kids rocks kind of disappear when I just put them (laughs) under the pillow. They don't end up under the bed. We don't know. Like there's clearly a rock gnome in our house, but I actually put them inside their pillowcase underneath their pillow. So then it doesn't like disappear. And the gnomes have a harder time getting the rocks out of the pillowcase. Maybe they're in your washer. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) With that being said, in the gratitude, did we kind of cover the chakras? Um, so your body is made up of these energy centers called chakras. Mm -hmm. Um, they go from your root chakra down at the base of uh, your tailbone, mm-hmm. all the way up to your crown chakra. There are different stones that are great for the different chakras. And mm-hmm. I have some notes here just because I want to kind of like stay on topic yeah. and not like ramble oh my gosh, on about the chakras. I don't know if I would ever remember I could. all that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when I started tying malas, I, I learned a lot about the chakras. And there's something that I was always interested in, but mm-hmm. I just never really like dove into it until now, which I love. And there's so much to learn in this whole field. I mean... I can, there is. I can possibly yeah. um, put it in 30 to 40 minutes. If there are, we'll talk a little bit about the chakras and the stones, but if there's more that you're interested in knowing about the stones, definitely post in the group because there's just so much. I mean, this could be a whole separate workshop. So yeah. there's just so much to know and to learn about stones. Take what you can from this. If you want to know more, Tatiana will definitely be checking in the group over the next month to answer yeah. more questions. I'd be happy yeah. to. All right. Totally. Um, okay. So let's start with your root chakra. Root chakra. Um, it's all about like grounding and, and feeling, um, physically healthy and it's good for like manifesting and some good stones for your root chakra are going to be like the darker red stones, like garnet, uh, red Jasper, red calcite, smoky quartz is amazing. Hematite is a really great grounding stone. Um, and actually hematite kids are really, really attracted to hematite, mm-hmm. which I had a hematite here, but I don't. Um, but it's like this, it, it looks kind of like metal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're super attracted to that. Shiny. Definitely have some <laughs> hematite on hand for them. Um, and then as we go up, so sacral chakra is, uh, more of like an orangish color. Mm-hmm. So like orange calcite, sunstone, carnelian is really great, mm. uh, for your sacral chakra. I haven't heard of really most of these orange stones. So I'm totally going to look them up. Carnelian is amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's a really great stone. And then we go up a little bit higher to where like your navel is, and that's going to be your solar plexus chakra. So these three chakras are all 
your lower chakras. Okay. It's good for like self-esteem, uh, willpower, happiness, just like bright yellow colors. So mm-hmm. citrine is a really great oh, stone. Citrine is mm-hmm. one of my absolute favorite stones. Well, and the, I just maybe, isn't this one half citrine? Maybe a good time so to share. This is ametrine. This is a mix between citrine and amethyst. So it's um, these two stones have melded together. So you can't, you can kind of see it. You can kind of see the little bit of yellow in there. Citrine. By the way, mother nature melded them together. I know, right? Yeah. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> um, and then uh, tiger's eye is also a really good uh, stone for your solar plexus. Mm-hmm. And tiger, uh, tiger's eye um, is good for prosperity and abundance. So who doesn't need more of that? Put some of that in your office. <laughs> um, next, we have the heart chakra. Like we were talking about a little bit, all of your energy lines converge there. So mm-hmm. it really ties in the uh, lower three chakras and the upper three chakras together. And then that is, um, let's see, jade, mm-hmm. malachite, rose quartz. Even though rose quartz is pink, it's still considered a great stone for your heart chakra. Going up to the upper three chakras, which I've been trying to work on a lot, mm-hmm. your throat chakra is really good for like communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more of like a sky blue color. Um, so good stones for that would be like lapis lazuli, blue kyanite, mm-hmm. And um, what I have, sodalite. Um, next, we have our third eye, which um, really taps into like intuition, self-expression, inner knowledge. And this is the place in Indian culture where they put the bendy, so mm-hmm. the either the gem or or the dot. It's them recognizing their third eye chakra, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And good stones for that would be like amethyst angelite, purple fluorite. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually purple fluorite is a a really awesome stone to make malas with when I can come across it. Um, and then last but not least, we have our crown chakra, um, which is like the divine wisdom Mm -hmm. and, and guidance and, um, like a higher consciousness. So selenite is actually a really great stone for that. So that is like purple. These are actually both selenite. So this is my little girl selenite. And you can see it's kind of like polished and it feels really good in her hand and she just loves handling it. Um, but this is how it is raw. It comes in kind of these, these wands and it is actually really fragile, Very fragile. Um, a little bit flaky. Yeah. It's made out of salt. Um, so I don't recommend getting them wet. I don't recommend putting them in the bathroom or any place that has high moisture. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a selenite bracelet that I made. Um, and I'm surprised the selenite hasn't broken off yet, but, uh, but there yeah, is. it is very fragile yeah. and selenite's really great because it cleanses other stones. So you put, oh, I think, it, I think mm-hmm. I read that somewhere where you can actually like, if it's not a full moon, but you've done a lot of work with one of your sons or your kid had a really rough night and they were really working with their stone. You can actually just do this, right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, let it kind of resonate there for yeah. how long do you, do you say, you know, I have some stones on a selenite wand that I've had there for that's a long time where they live. I just keep them there. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll trade them out with mm-hmm. other stones, but. Yeah. And then just rewinding a little bit, something that I do and, um, sorry, we seem a little weird, but like I have a heart, like where I keep all of my stress is in my heart chakra. So when I'm feeling stressed out, my chest will feel really heavy. Um, and sometimes I'll feel all the way into my back, like the heaviness. Yeah. So something that I do is I actually put my, um, my crystal on my heart chakra inside of my sleep bra. This is probably too much information <laughs> for all of you guys. And I actually just sleep with it. Like there on my sternum, all night long. Yeah. And, and it just makes me feel so much more rested mm-hmm. in the morning and I feel lighter. And, um, 
And, you know, obviously your kids are probably not wearing sleep bras, but, (laughs) (laughs) but that's a little Mm -hmm. trick I do for myself. And as we all know, grounded parents make for happier children. Yeah. (laughs) Um, another really great, so that's a really great song for bedtime. Mm -hmm. Another really great song for bedtime is Amethyst. So Amethyst is a super calming stone, you know, and it helps it helps children be at peace. Yeah. Um, and then blue lace agate is also a really great stone for bedtime. Get some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know I actually put the amethyst like in the corners of my kids' rooms. Yep. And then um, I already told you guys the the sleeping the um, pillowcase trick. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you could do with the stones to keep it close at hand to them while they're resting? Um, I, honestly, like I would just put it in a little like a little jar mm-hmm. right next to their bed. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I think I have sometimes what I do too, especially mm-hmm. if it's malas, cause, um, Tati and I were talking about how like you really, it's okay for your kids to wear malas when they're awake. Um, but like wrapping them around their arms at night, you know, our limbs kind of swell a little bit in sleep and then having them wrapped around their necks at night, you have to be so careful because kids move a ton. I don't know about your kids, but mine kind of are like, um, uh, the hands of a clock. Like there are all sorts of different directions in their bed through the night. So something that I do is I actually will put their, their mala or even their loose stones in a bag. Yep. Like so. And then that way they can still have it close and get all the beneficial qualities of it without it being wrapped around their neck. And they like it too, because they can just grab it and then put it right on in the morning. Yeah. 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 I definitely do not recommend um, letting your, your children wear malas to bed. And depending on how small your child is, you know, you just have to watch them with the malas yeah. because, you know, you don't want them to choke. Yeah. You don't want them to strain themselves, yep. you know, so just be very like conscious of them while it's around. Absolutely. I know some of your questions were about soothing your kids at sleep, helping them with transitions. And I think both of those confidence for your kids is a really big factor. Mm-hmm. Confidence that they can, um, go to sleep and feel safe throughout the night. Confidence that, um, when they are having those transitions and that separation anxiety, that they are going to be safe when you're away from them. And a lot of that comes internally and feeling good internally. So you mentioned, um, amethyst was really great for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I know when you were talking about the, the chakras, quite a few stones came up. Is there any other stones that they should be thinking about for that? Um, so like great stones for like anxiety and emotional mm-hmm. balance would be like malachite. Malachite mm-hmm. is a really good, um, heart chakra stone, um, rose quartz for sure. Moonstone. Moonstone is one of my favorites. I actually have a little bit of moonstone on here. You can't really tell the reflective qualities of it on this video. Um, but it has like this like blue opalescent color and it is really calming for kids. Okay. You know, I mean, I think they're just really attracted to like the, the, the qualities of mm. the stones, like the shiny that qualities. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, green aventurine, labradorite is also an amazing stone, kind of like moonstone, but it's a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. Green moss agate is a great like grounding stone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a stone for abundance. Aquamarine, rhodonite. Okay. Yeah. So I can definitely share some of those stones, some of those qualities with you guys in the group. And then I have to ask also, these are not two of the same stones that I'm showing you, but you know, like sometimes you see stones that are this big and sometimes you see stones that are this big. Sometimes you see stones that are huge. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter how big the stone is that you're working with. Um, you know, like the bigger the stone, the more energy. Okay. For sure. But no, I mean, not really. 
Okay. Yeah. Something is better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. <laughs> We've talked about a lot here and there's so much more to talk about, about stones and you'll definitely try to answer more questions, mm-hmm. but you also had a couple of really great resources of books that you use. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you said you use energy when you're creating your model, but you also research the stones to yeah. make sure that, that what you're feeling is right. Do you want to share yeah, absolutely. the books that you brought? So I have two different books. Um, this is the first one I got. It's called the crystal Bible. I got it at Tibetan Ports. You can probably get it on Amazon. There's um, multiple versions of the Crystal Bible. There's the original and then there's Crystal Bible 2, 3, 4. But they're really great. And these are both very similar. So, and this one is Crystals and Miner- Crystals, Minerals and Stones by Lembo. Mm-hmm. And I've taken a photo of these. I'll post these in the group with the details of the books. Yeah, but they're great. You open up to a stone, let's say Jade. So it'll show you like different forms of jade. Um, it'll give you the attributes, the colors, how rare they are, um, where you can find them. Um, and then it, it lists like what the attributes are. So it's a symbol, jade is a symbol of purity and serenity. And it gives this little description of what they're used for. Um, and then these down here and over to the side are different colors and forms of jade which is amazing. So both of these books have different stones in them um, that I like to pull from. And then there are some really awesome like references in the back. So like the different shapes of the crystals, right? And what they do. And then also in this crystals, minerals, and stones, there is a guide on where the best places to put your stones are. So like in your office, you know, what stones are good for your office. Kind of like feng shui, but for crystals. Yeah, totally. Um, And there's a little chart here that you can see, (laughs) you know, where to place them. Um, So that's out of that book. Cool. Love, love, love it. Yeah. I go into this book all the time and I learn about different stones. I just figure out like what stones I'm attracted to. Mm -hmm. And then I go in here and I read about them and I'm like, oh yeah. Of course, I'm attracted to that. Right <laughs> totally makes sense. It's like when yeah. you read your horoscope, you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's oh, yeah. totally me. Mm-hmm. Um, something we forgot to mention before when oh, you're yeah. talking about making the mala is mm-hmm. your awesome notebook. So this is what I do when somebody commissions me to make a mala. I'll get some words, some like focuses that people want in their lives or what they're wanting to attract. And then I will go through and I'll write down a bunch of different stones and then I'll go and I'll feel them all out and feel which one feels good to me. And then I'll make, um, designs for the malas. So they're all custom based on the individual. I know it sounds it just looks- some real time business coaching here. I feel like you could totally publish the pages of your book and explain I'm sure all your work here. Cause this is pretty impressive. Yeah. So it's all like in the moment. So sometimes people ask me, you know, like how long, how long does it take you to, to tie a mala? To actually sit down and tie the actual mala, the very first time it was like four hours. Um, but now to tie it, it takes me about 45 minutes to an hour to tie a mala. Sure. But then like the whole process of it, you know, picking the stones and having that Mm -hmm. consultation and putting the stones on the string and, you know, like finding that good energy, Mm -hmm. it kind of takes a while. It's a labor of love. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, on that topic, I noticed you had a lot of drawings of Mm -hmm. malas in there. And so in the group, you may have noticed that, um, we posted 
created a homework coloring page where you could color in your own mala using some su- suggested stones that was in a key on the side. Tell us a little bit about that and what you're offering for everybody in regards to that coloring page. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, people that color in that page, I am offering 20% off of the the mala that you actually color. So I sell my malas for $75 on Etsy. Um, and mala made with love. Mala made with love. Yeah. (laughs) And so I'm offering 20% off for everybody that colors that page by the end of June. Um, so whatever you color in based on that key, those are the stones that I'm going to use in your mala. And I put little descriptions underneath the stones to kind of give you an idea of what they all do. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really generous. Yeah. Thank you so much. She kind of shared with me that she doesn't even really discount that much for her friends and family. So I, I really appreciate you doing that for yeah, all the abundant parents. <laughs> Thank you for seeing you. Thank you for being you. <laughs> Thank you. No, you. Okay, never mind. All right, we're done. We're done. Okay. Sorry. Um, that being said, I think that kind of covers it all. Please use the group. If you have more questions, Tatiana will bounce into the group, answer questions as we go along. If you have questions about the Mala worksheet, it is posted in there. Mm-hmm. If you can't find it, just reach out. We'll make sure that we tag you in, in the comments so that you can find it more easily. And that's about it. Yeah. So. You can find Tatiana at Mala Made with Love. Uh, she does have a page on Facebook, but you can also find her on Etsy, mm-hmm. Mala Made with Love. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can find me at The Abundant Parent all over social media, also at theabundantparent.com. And you can find more of the workshops there. When you sign up with the workshops, you always get um, access to all of the older workshops. So definitely be checking those emails that you get because you will see the workshops that we've, we've held previously and you can really benefit from all of those. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you so much Thank for you. joining and yeah, sharing all of, of your insight. And we will catch you all later. Perfect. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can be the parent your kids connect with best. And that begins by giving yourself grace, love, and patience. Don't forget to go sign up for the Abundant Parent Membership. New guests each month, online workshops with me, and group coaching whenever you need it most. Go to theabundantparent.com. You're going to want to click on the tab that says Membership. I'm wishing you a day full of light, love, and abundance.